Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in your world. Um, I hope everything's fine with you. Um, so, yesterday was actually named Black Wednesday in Nigeria on Twitter. And I think it aptly describes how we felt as a nation. For the first time in the history of Nigerian elections, at least I've been uh, uh, old enough to witness at least since the return to democracy in 1999, when the outcome of the election was announced, the only people rejoicing were the candidates and their close acolytes. And yeah, that's people who are directly connected with the campaign. Either the um, campaign leaders, the party members, and of course their hoodlums, their thugs. Those are the only people rejoicing, and then some of their. So, in fact, everyone that was is supporting is somehow connected to the campaign or to the patronage system of the party. It wasn't normal everyday people celebrating. So, in fact, the whole of Nigeria was quiet from the north to the south. In fact, it was like we were mourning. Everybody retreated into their houses. And you know, for me, these are the things that make me know that there is still a sense of what is right and what is wrong. That the devil has tried to pervert it and has tried to make this world look like a place where, you know, black is white, white is black. At the end of the day, the order that God has put into the universe to make it such that everybody knows what is right. Whether we do it is a different thing. But inherently, the sense of wrongdoing, God has put it in every man. So even the people who won, they were unable to rejoice and celebrate the way they should have ordinarily because they knew that it was a stolen, I won't even call it victory. They, so they couldn't. Yesterday was, it was titled Black Wednesday. Everybody was in mourning. I mean, I, I, I wept, like, seriously. I literally, as in, I cried. <laughs> I cried yesterday morning. Even listened to my music yesterday. It was after I dried my tears that I was able to record. I cried because I couldn't believe that such a thing was happening, that people would be so brazen. I mean, I think I mentioned it yesterday. I said, for the kind of results that were turned in, the manipulated results sheets, they were even physically manipulated. If they were typed, it was a different thing. If someone types, you know, you delete, you can't. But the figures are written in manually. So to change the figures, it's obvious when somebody has changed results. And you know how it is. When you've done a vote and you are filling in the figures, when you are filling in that final form, you are very careful not to make any mistakes. In fact, if you make a mistake, you will, you will likely start afresh, rewrite, and then it's that clean sheet that you sign off and you stamp and you put the seal on. That was what happened at the um, polling units. So we had clean results sheets that thankfully very vigilant citizens took photographs of and uploaded and shared on social media. By the time those results sheets got to coalition centers, they had been unbelievably manipulated and doctored. And that was what was then uploaded online as final result. So we have <laughs> screenshots of results sheets that are the most, as in, I, I mean, even in my school days, you couldn't turn in that kind of 
results sheet to anybody and everybody would look at it as valid obviously doctor documents obviously some were so scandalous like the scratchings on them it was the most it was like where do you people come from so i'm like and, and that's the thing that shocks me about nigeria because we have the private sector running these are things that cannot happen in private sector but the people in the public sector they are like i don't even know they are like mutants from another planet their world anything goes and it's normal to them. I, I don't get it. Even if, as you know, but for me, the worst, it, you know, the perpetrator of a crime. I know the Bible always talks about don't give false witness. I, I didn't used to understand what false witness is. But now this election has taught me what false witness is. Because false witness is, because the person that committed the crime, when somebody commits a crime, he's already guilty. We already know that that person is a lost. Ethically, that person has, you know, has no values. But the person who is more evil, and that's what the Bible says, is the person who knows that that person either committed that crime or did not commit the crime and then gives a false testimony. So you are somebody that is far removed from it. So people are looking to you to help to either confirm that this crime was done or confirm that this person value you know um, exonerate somebody who may be have who may have been wrongly accused you now give false witness like the type they did for jesus it's one of the ten commandments thou shalt not give false witness so what we're finding in nigeria is that some people because of what they think they are going to get out of the government this um this this election thieves or you know they are saying that yes it was a credible election when you know you know as in the evidence is so there Many times crimes are committed and there is no evidence. But in this case, there is evidence. If not that we are in the kind of third world country that we are in, we shouldn't even be having this conversation. The results, the elections should have been cancelled. But then people coming out, even I even heard that the CEO of a company, I saw that, went on CNN yesterday and said he believes in the results. I was like, wow. How do you say this? How do these people, don't they have families? You don't have children, you don't have a wife. How do you say this and come back and show your face in society? We have an ethical problem. We have an ethical problem. And I bet you, I'm sure if I look into this person, he will be a Christian. He will be a leader in his church. He will even be a born-again Christian. I'm so sure. He's a well-known person. I'm, I just want to go through the rigor of checking because I don't want to make myself feel even worse. We have a strong ethical problem. A very, very strong ethical problem. This person, oh Lord. But we, you see, the Bible says that God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, he will surely reap. I don't think, I, in fact, I wrote a note to one of my friends yesterday. I said, I am convinced, this election has shown me that Nigerian, like that this, my country, Nigeria, we are the greatest religious hypocrites in the world. We do not, we're not Christians. We're not Muslims, even though we, we make a lot of song, a big song and dance about, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm this, oh, we're 50% Christian, we're 50% Muslim. No, we, we do not worship either the Christian the, um, God, we do, not, we do not worship Christ, neither do we worship the, the other God, you know, the, neither we, do we even believe what we say. The people who say, you know, they are of the Islamic faith, majority of them, at least the leaders that we see, the politicians that we see, they do not believe even what that faith teaches so the one thing that I see that we worship is money and power. This cuts across. And that is what that is what I am resisting. This entire podcast is against that evil that I have seen. 
that God has allowed me to see. The worship of money and power has corrupted us. I want to, in fact, this, uh, before I used to say we were mammon worshippers, but I now realize that these elections made me realize that we're also power worshippers. Anybody that has power, we worship. As in, the, when I say worship, oh, like, oh, Lord, I, I give you my life. You are the, the worship is, is the most, you know, like overseas, they worship celebrities, you know, so it's fame, they worship it, like in America. In Nigeria, what the worship that is, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like a cult following. For, pe for people that have power. And so the people who have noticed that, like the, this criminal, career criminal that has been announced as the president um, of the this current election, is somebody who has learned how to acquire, how to use, how to manipulate power. He is the ultimate Machiavellian. So for that reason, he is worshipped by a lot of people. Simply because of what they see that he's able to do. He has no morals whatsoever. His wife, funny enough, is <laughs> uh, not only a Christian, but is also an ordained pastor. She, was, she stood by him while he took his oath of office yesterday. He, and, well, no, not oath of office, while he took his certificate of return. He, he's not going to be sworn in. Well, let's just say the swearing in of the elected president of Nigeria, by God's grace, will happen. The really elected president on the 29th, or is supposed to happen on the 29th of May 2023. Let me put it that way. I'm going to choose my words very, very carefully because I still believe that the name of the Lord will be glorified. What I asked God for was for a peace and a just transition. We don't want an unjust one. Mm -mm. And I'm putting the just before the peace, if you know what I mean. Yes. This time around, we will not... In fact, peace without justice. There's a, Even our national anthem in Nigeria says, peace and justice shall reign. Somehow people, in we have had this concept of for the sake of peace. And, I mean, uh, you know, you allow injustice for the sake of peace. No. True peace comes when there is injustice. You can't have peace without justice. They go together. So anyway, um, there's a problem. I mean, so for me now, I tell you, in fact, I am so resolute. Anybody that comes to me and says, oh, inshallah, this and that, do it. I'm not even going to have that conversation about, oh, I must be here because whatever. Because I've seen that a lot of the faith, I am not interested in being in a faith gathering where people are not being taught to do the right thing. Stay in your idolatry. Be worshipping money. Be worshipping power there. Do your thing and let me do what I believe the scripture is telling me. Because I can see that all of you are going down a cliff. And you're not, you're not bothered. So, I'm just going to... So, I had to actually go and Google search scriptures about doing the right thing. And thank God for sites like BibleKnowingJesus.com. I mean, and I've done amusing about this, but the reason I keep coming back to this is that I, it's important that I know what does Jesus teach about, you know, these sort of things. Because I can see that nobody is teaching it here. All they are teaching is how to get rich, how to get wealthy, how God will answer your prayer, how he will bless you, how this year is your year, next level. Meanwhile, you people are lying, stealing, and killing to win elections. <laughs> I, I'm not if you I'm I'm not I'm not going to be a candidate for hell. I'm sorry. So anyway, um James 4 
So I'm going to reading through um, the site BibleKnowingJesus.com and I'm scrolling down to the um, roll call of scriptures about doing the right thing. Now, James 4, 17, this is in the New Testament, says, Therefore, to anyone who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to that person it is sin. So in other words, the law of the conscience that God has put in everybody's heart by nature, we know. We know. How do you know what the right thing is? That thing that you know that if you if it were if you were the or if the if the shoe was on the other foot you would want it done unto you you know for instance don't change results during elections even if you are going to lose don't lie don't manipulate the result and don't come out and tell people that it was a fair election when you know it was not a fair election and when you do that you are in sin okay let's leave that. Um, Deuteronomy 6, 18. This is the Old Testament. You shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you, and that you may go in and possess the good land which the land swore unto your fathers. So God told the children of Israel in the Old Testament that when you do what is right, what is good, and what is right and good according to the old, um, according to the new um, Ten Commandments, don't lie. Don't give false witness. False witness is changing results. I think we need to get to this level because there's a problem. There's a problem. I think people don't know that falsi falsifying documents is not only a crime, it's also a sin. It's a sin. How can we as a nation be uploading falsified documents as election sheets, visibly falsified documents? And somebody is, 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 is you know, dancing and holding shoulder. I won the You won what? I'm waiting to see. The congratulations have not have been trickling in. Everybody is watching to see because the opposition parties have not yet uh, have not accepted the results. And um, we have well, Rishi Sunak is on the wall of, hall of shame of the first world leader to actually congratulate the <laughs> election heist. Um, the U.S. hasn't joined the band, hasn't said anything yet. Neither the U.S. mission, they've not said anything. Let's just leave that there. So we're watching that space. And um, it is, for me, it is intriguing that you want something, in quotes. People are afraid. People, not they're afraid, people are reluctant to congratulate you. I don't blame the guy because, I mean, you know, when you are somebody who this particular individual has, has been a fraud all his life, his entire identity, everything, He's like the DeSantos of, um, you know, in the American political system right now. But he's a, he's a deeper version because this one, his entire identity right up to his name was fraudulently assumed many years ago. There's a whole backstory around that. We just came out um, during the election process. But he's lived a life of crime and of fraudulent, you know, um, how, how would I say acquisition of things? There's a whole story about that which I can't go into. But this is who he is, and so he 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 exceeded as in you know just imagine all those heist movies. You, know, you see the bank robbers who have been stealing, stealing. They've done many heists, but the day they actually go into like you know this this diamond vault and they take out this like five hundred million or you know the largest diamonds on the face of the planet. This election was the greatest heist he has ever done. But he's done several over the years. Several. In fact, his entire life, his political career has been one of state capture, of 
acquisition of fraud. You know, he's just excellent at it. And he honed everything that he has learned over the years about how to defraud the system. He brought it to be and how to manipulate the system and how to leverage on weak institutions and coerce and int intimidate in individuals and buy them. He used it to his advantage in this election. It's a, it's, it was, it's a massive operation that involved, came all the way from the top, you know, and filtered down nationwide using the political system and political players within the system to drive that agenda. It was the most, it's the most amazing thing. He, he has actually provided a playbook for the entire continent on how to successfully rig an election. The only thing that they didn't bank on was that citizens would be vigilant enough to stay on site, to record proceedings, to screen capture the clean results sheets and to upload them on social media. So there is evidence of what actually happened from those booths in comparison with what eventually was uploaded and what was um, what was then you know taken as credible. So the complicity goes all the way to the top, not just to the leader of the electoral body, but also the way to the sitting current president. It's the most scandalous thing. And my prayer is that God will allow the unraveling of everything that has happened because we cannot build a society that is built on built on fraud. And the only thing, if all we have is our voice, then we shall speak. That's it. We will speak. That's all. We, and you know, this is where I say again, you know, the Bible tells us very clearly, we have a sort of the earth light of the earth, um, sort of the earth light of the world mandate. If we keep silence in, silence in the face of evil, when the evil then comes to our doorsteps, let us not start um, kabashing and speaking in tongues and praying that others will then come and save us. And while, what I like about the parables of Jesus, when he showed the good Samaritan, the, the person that, the Samaritan that was wounded on the way, in fact, it was much later recently that I understood the context of the parable of the good Samaritan because the, Samar um, the Jews and the, and the Samaritans don't have any dealings. There's bad blood, there's beef between them. So ordinarily, the Jew should not have stopped to help the Samaritan. Or rather, was it the Samaritan that, no, the good Samaritan. So the Samaritan stopped, so the Samaritan shouldn't have stopped to help the other person that was, um, the Jew, probably was a Jewish person that was wounded. But he helped him, nursed him and did all of that. So as far as God is concerned, it's not whether you are responsible for what happened. It's what did you do when you became aware. That's, that's God's own. So this hands-off, fence-sitting, I am not part of it, let me just self-preservation that we have imbibed as Christians. It is satanic, it is demonic, it is complicit, it enables the reign of darkness upon this earth and will be judged for it. How do I know that I will be judged for it? Because Jesus said that on his judgment throne, when he says to, he will say to some people, I was sick, you visited, visited me. I was in, um, in prison, you visited me. I needed this, you nursed it. Um, come into my into my house, into the kingdom of God, and take your reward. And to some other people, he will say, you did not do this. When you saw me sick, you did not visit me. When I was in prison, you didn't come. When I did it, and those ones are like, uh-uh, Lord, please excuse me. When was it that I ever saw you? I mean, as best as I know, you were born in the what, 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 and I was, you know, born in like 2021 or 2020. How is it possible that I could ever have seen you sick and I didn't? And Jesus said, no, as long as you did not do it, 
You didn't show up for the people in need around you. You didn't speak up when you saw your brother being wrongly accused. Or you didn't intervene when injustice was being done to another. In as much as you did that, you also did it to me. So, it, it, you know, the reason why I reflect on all these things is I don't want to be cut out. First of all, I don't want to be unwittingly an enabler of what the devil does. And I want to be clear about what is right and what is wrong. Because I can see that what I'm seeing around me, the ethical values, even on a human level. In fact, most of what we are doing as Christians does not even pass secular standards of ethics. It doesn't even pass it. As in, the, sta the secular standards of ethics are stronger than what we even as Christians understand as ethics. And why? Because all what we are doing, all what we are being taught, all what we are listening to every day is prayer for prosperity, for growth, for healing, for passing. We're not thinking about changing our character, about renewing our mind, about transforming us, about building our conduct, our behavior. Honestly, the only reason I'm a Christian today is because of Christ. Not because of Christians around me, I'm, I'm telling you. And definitely not because of Christian leaders. Many of them are a disgrace, I'm, I'm sorry to say. They're not showing forth Christ at all. How will people know who Christ is if we don't model him? How? This is not who he was. This is not who he was at all. John the Baptist was not like this. John the Baptist told Herod, it is not lawful for you to take your brother's wife. Did he really need to contribute to that conversation? But he did. Because he knew that he needed to speak up against what um, Herod was doing. Yes, it cost him his head. But Jesus said of him, among those that are born of women, there is none greater than John the Baptist. In other words, in God's eyes, John did the right thing. We had better start talking to ourselves sincerely. All these self-protectionists, we must not talk, we must not do this. We, you know, living with our own selves, thinking that we're fine. We have a problem. We have a problem. First Peter 3.17 says, For it is better if God should will it so, that you suffer for doing what is right, rather than for doing what is wrong. For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if and when you do what is right and you suffer for it, if you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. Galatians 6, 9, let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Romans 7, um, 2 Corinthians eight twenty one. For we have regard for what is honorable, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. This is very important. Because what has happened over these elections is very dishonorable in the sight of men. People are disgusted to their core. The youth of Nigeria are let down. No Christian that has integrity should be supporting this, even if it is your father that was announced on Saturday. Or your husband in this case. When you give to the poor... Okay, now, so... Um... There was one scripture that I saw in Proverbs, which I saw, which was very instructive. It doesn't seem to be in this one. It said something like, in the eyes of God, it is better to do what is right 
than to do sacrifice. In other words, that use the word sacrifice, which is like what we would call tithes and offerings now. So he was saying, rather than saying you, you are going to give God an offering, do what is right. That as far as God is concerned, he's, he will, that that in itself is the offering he's looking for. And that is contrary to the teaching that we have here because people feel, I can do anything. I can steal, I can kill, I can murder, I can do anything. So long as the money that I get from it, I come and I give it to God. No, God said, keep that money, but do what is right. So I'll leave it at that. And the reason, like I said, I'm sharing these reflections because I myself, I want to know and I want to grow in the knowledge of it. And I pray that the Lord will help us individually to do what is right, to speak up for what is right, to live for what is right. Righteousness is not some ephemeral thing. It's not about going to church. It's not about reading your Bible. It's not about behaving piously. It's about when these chips are down, where do you pitch your tent? May God give us the courage, the conviction, the character that we need to be a shining light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the person of Christ in our lives, in our communities, in our spaces, and in our nation. May his name be glorified in Nigeria at this time. And may his will be done concerning the current political situation that we are faced with. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.